right, good evening, High Desert Word Center. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Praise the Lord. We are going to have a great time together tonight in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And as we always say, we're going to keep believing and walking by faith. Amen. So let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. We are going to get in to some announcements here. Praise God. We got a lot of great stuff going on uh, over the next season. And so a few quick reminders of some of the new lift groups uh, that we have taken place right now. This has been great. We have a weekly men's Bible study um, on Saturdays at 6.30 at Raymond's house. And so uh, men every Saturday, 6.30, getting together. And we're just hearing a lot of really great testimonies. Amen. There, JT's got this. And so, you know, a lot of you guys are it's this great. I love uh, just the... Um, the accountability and iron sharpening iron amongst the men. So absolutely great. All right. And then also reminding you that we are doing, uh, it's a four week class. Uh, so this past week was the second, but it's the beginner's Bible class, uh, Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. in the admin building that is right across the parking lot there. Rosalinda Palakiko is teaching the class for us and it is a great chance to learn how to really, uh, start reading the Bible, where to begin, and how to understand it, and, and just answering some basic questions. And so that's a great class, and I'm sure we'll do it again here uh, after we finish this four-week one. So, And then also, uh, the newest lift group is Beauty and the Bible, and uh, Billy is leading that uh, weekly Thursdays from 6.30 to 8 at her new restaurant. And so uh, if you want any information on that, she's got her information out there. And I'm pretty sure everybody in Barstow knows her on social media. So there you go. Billy, love you. All right. And so that's a great way to find out about that. This isn't on the screen, but uh, the young adults group is up and running and they are on fire for Jesus. I'm so excited about this group. Uh, but um, they are going to be meeting on the 22nd. I believe that's a Thursday at um, Jesse Winston's house, 7 p.m. All right, so if you're 18 to 25, this group is for you. Um, and so it'll be the 22nd at 7 p.m. at Jesse Winston's house, all right? And then we have baptisms coming up, everybody. Yeah, 
so excited for this. And so um, this is going to be on the last Sunday of February, okay? February 25th. Um, go ahead and get signed up. We'll be doing baptisms um, at the 10 a.m. service. And if we need to do them at the 6 p.m. service, we'll do both. So uh, let's get that going around. And I encourage you that getting baptized is an important part of your faith. It is a very big step and a very good, necessary thing for you to do. So uh, keep that in mind, all right? And then we have Easter coming up. Who's excited for Easter this year? Amen. So with our theme verse being Luke 10 2, the harvest is great. We're going to fully capitalize on Easter weekend this year. Um, so we uh, are doing the play on Good Friday and there the auditions. Okay. If you want to participate in the play, they're doing auditions this Sunday at 3 p.m. All right. Sunday at 3 p.m., and I believe that's open to kids on through adults, uh, but is that right, Summer? Yeah, okay, Sunday at 3 p.m. Um, in Victory Hall. So there's that information. And um, eggs, we are collecting 4,000 eggs this year to give out, and we just set the bins out um, this past week, and guess what? We already have 3,000 out of the 4,000, so give the Lord some praise on that, man. Yeah. Really, really excited about that. And, uh, and so anyway, we got more, much more Easter stuff coming up, but that's all the information I have on that for now. So we'll give you, fill you in as it keeps coming to us. Amen. All right. Well, I think that's all the announcements that I have for now, unless I'm forgetting something, but who knows what time it is now? Amen. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. We're going to open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Amen. Who is a cheerful giver in the house tonight? Wow, I, that was not very believable. I'm just, I said, do we have any cheerful givers up in the house tonight? Yeah, amen. I'll take that. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm in the NLT here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and verses 1 through 5. And so what we have here is the Apostle Paul was collecting an offering from all the different churches to help the Christians in Jerusalem. And I want you to see what he talked about the church in Macedonia. This, this, always, this always gets my heart when I read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. He said, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. So he didn't like mince words here. He, it's, they're, these are poor churches, uh, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. I love that. Because somebody would be like, well, I, I would like to overflow with rich generosity, but, you know, I feel like I'm very poor. Well, you're in good company here according to this. <laughs> Look at verse 3. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. And so Paul said nobody had to beg them. Nobody had to twist their arm. Look at verse 4. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift 
for the believers in Jerusalem. These guys, they were saying, hey, everyone thinks we're poor, but don't overlook us. Don't you dare take up this offering, Paul, without giving us a chance, without giving us the privilege of getting to participate in it. And verse 5 says, they even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. And so I love that story right there. And and if you read chapter 8 and on into chapter 9, it's all about the collection of this offering that they were taking up there. And so that just encourages me because sometimes they're like, well, I don't, I mean, what can I do? Hey, it is a privilege to participate in the things of God. Do you understand that? Amen. It's a privilege. And so when an offering is taken or when an opportunity arises to serve or to be called upon, we need to see it like these Christians in Macedonia did 2,000 years ago and say, hey, don't overlook us. Don't say we're too poor. Don't say we don't have enough. Don't you dare count us out. We want to be involved in what God is doing. Someone should say amen to this tonight. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to give you a quick update on uh, the chair offering. If you weren't here Sunday, I'm going to very, very quickly fill you in very quickly. Um, so uh, we are, if you've ever been here on a Sunday morning, I know some of you don't get to be here on Sunday mornings, but it kind of gets to be pandemonium because we run out of chairs every Sunday for the past two or three years, right? Cleves? Amen. All right, Dave. <laughs> And so we have the ushers scrambling. Look at that stack of chairs back there. That's just the extra chairs they had to set up on Sunday. And it was a low Sunday. All right. It wasn't even a high Sunday. And so this is getting crazy. And the ushers are begging, can we just get more of the red chairs so we can just keep them up all the time? And so we are going to be purchasing 100 additional red chairs, everybody. So isn't that awesome? Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, the truth is there's people that could just take care of this all on their own. And people have, even some have said, I'll just do that. But listen, I, when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking of second Corinthians chapter eight, where I think everybody in the church should get a chance to have the privilege of participating and making room for somebody else to come in and hear the same word of God that changed your life. Amen. And again, this isn't a pressure thing. And I understand if someone just simply doesn't have that. Hey man, God knows that. But what I am saying is this is if you do have that ability to buy a chair for somebody, I think that it's a great thing to do. And and so these chairs, they're $50 a piece, which is actually incredible because my parents bought church chairs from the same place in the 90s and they were $55 in 1998. And so I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. So, uh, but, but, but how, how we're kind of doing it is this is just picture if there's somebody, a family member or a, a friend or somebody that you've been praying for them to come into church with you, take a step of faith. Buy them a chair for when they come in. And if you got a whole bunch and, and you have that ability, we'll buy a whole bunch of chairs. That's fine. But this is a golden opportunity for us to be doers of Luke 10 too. Amen. The harvest is great. And this is a step of faith that we can take. Amen. To start bringing in the harvest. And, and I kind of put it this way Sunday and, and it's the truth. Uh, you know, maybe you saw the Super Bowl Sunday. Well, the going rate for a seat there was $8,600 for a one-time three-hour seat. And I'm like, wow, God's cutting us a deal. I can buy somebody a lifetime seat for $50. 
wow, this is incredible. What a deal. And in fact, $8,600 would buy like a lot more than what we even need. So, you know, one seat for a three-hour football game or somebody getting to bring them and their kids into church every service for the next several years. I think that's a great deal. Amen. And so I'm encouraging you. Uh, we're, we're about, we're, we're over halfway there out of the, about approximately $5,000. We're over halfway there on that. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and order these in the next week or two, but I just want to give you a chance to have the privilege of giving in to this incredible growth opportunity. And I didn't want to pass anybody up in this. Amen. We all deserve a chance to sow some seeds for this. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and shut up now. Let's stand up together tonight. Yep. And if you're going to do that, yes, my thank you. If you are specifically giving towards a chair, write chairs on your envelope because we won't know and it'll just go to the general fund. All right. And so if you are giving your offering towards a chair uh, or chairs, uh, mark it on the envelope so we know. And if you want to do it um, on the online, you're giving online, just select the tab that says building and maintenance and then we'll put it over from there. Amen. All right. Let's speak some faith over this tonight. Let's go. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates or inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can join us at the altar for praise and worship tonight. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's sing together. If there's one thing... I'm asking for one thing I'm needing A moment that's passing Is not what I'm seeking Like it's the air I'm breathing I want your presence Feet on the earth A heart full of heaven's zeal For you completely consumes me I can't get enough can't get enough of you Your fire is burning right through me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you You Can't get enough of you You Can't get enough of you Your spirit More than a feeling I don't need a reason To keep chasing who you are Like it's the air I'm breathing I want your presence Feet on the earth A heart full of heaven's zeal For you completely consumes me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you your fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. You can't get 
sing every beat. Every beat is yours. You can have it all. Take over like only you can. All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more. Take over like only you can. Every beat is yours. You can have it all. Take over like only you can. All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more. Take over like only you can. Zeal for you completely consumes me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. Your fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough. Get enough of you.
Praise you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You have been faithful. And I'm going to be faithful. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Give somebody a high five, a hug, a praise the Lord or something. Thank you, Jesus. I, I'm, I'm going to be teaching on praise tonight, probably from a different uh, direction than most of you have ever heard before, but it's life-changing. It's life-changing. I'm just thinking, I've never been really into music. I was Hank Williams and stuff way back then, and that's a long time ago. But since I've been a Christian, I've been a praiser, but that's as much public as private. Uh, so... Yes, I'm excited, Mrs. Pastor. I don't normally dismiss kids. Jesus said, forbid them to come. Let them come, lay hands on them. That's where I'm at, but we'll, today we'll let them go. Forbid them to stay, okay? Children, you can be dismissed for children's ministry. All the different facets of children's ministry. Amen. That's, that's kind of contrary. Jesus said, forbid the children not to come to him, but now we forbid them to be in here. <laughs> That's because we have special things for the kids. We're not neglecting the children here. But uh, I, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be teaching on tonight about, about praise. And I really think it would be nice if you took notes and looked at your Bibles and wrote some things down. Come back and look at it again because this is not a religious lesson. I'm going to teach you how to get the answer that you're not seeing right now. I know there's people that are stopping place in life right now and trying to figure out What's going on? Because they're praying, 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 praying. And the Bible has a lot to say about praying. But I think it may have more to say about praising. The answer is in your praise. And I want to say it again. A lot of people are really big into public praise. And we do that. We want to. But this here should only be an expression of what you live every day. And so I know that myself, all day long, I'm talking to Jesus I'm thanking him, I'm praising, I'm singing little songs all the time, doing things like that unconsciously because I live out of my spirit. And so when I come to church, uh, you heard the expression, you couldn't carry a tune to the, in a bucket. Well, that was me. I remember when I first got born again, I can't tell many stories because i got to get to this. First got born again, I was a brand new Christian back in January 1980. And uh, I just found out Jesus was alive. You know, I wasn't raised in a Christian family, church or any of those things. And so I started going to, going to a Pentecostal church, and a few weeks before that, I was, I was at a country bar. And when I walked in the Pentecostal church, 
the people looked the same. They had guitars, drums, keyboards, all that stuff. Well, they had the country bar. Except I could tell something was different. There was a different spirit there. And so then they had people sing in a choir. They wanted to know if you want to sing in the choir, come and sing in the choir. And so uh, when I was in school, I always flunked music because I couldn't sing. But anyway, I went to the choir and I kept about two or three practices. And they had about probably 20 people up there on the platform singing and had this lady just like some of you ladies here that she was getting her choir together. And all of a sudden she told everybody, say, hey, stop. And I thought, what's going on? I said, Bernie, sing that. I thought, man, this is like being back at Mrs. Brown in school. And so I sang it, and she said, sing this. And she said, you're tone deaf. I thought, you've been talking to Mrs. Brown? She said, you're tone deaf. She said, why don't you stay out there and sing and let us stay up here to sing? Well, I was a new Christian, and baby Christians love everybody and everything. So I said, okay, I'll stay out there and sing. So I didn't get offended, but... I can teach the words you couldn't teach, so now I do what I'm called to do. I teach. And I do a lot of private singing, and so I don't get up here and sing with the microphone on because I want you to stay to hear the teaching. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so what I'm saying is we have to understand there's a whole lot more to praising God than singing in a church. Amen. We ought to always have a song in our heart. And in her mouth. So uh, start off with the title of this. And I like this title. I always pray about my titles. A lifestyle of praising God is a lifestyle of victory. This, this is on the internet. People out there, make sure you get this too. But you can watch this again later. I wanted a PowerPoint, but we didn't get it together. A lifestyle of praising God is a lifestyle of victory. And I'm going to be looking at Psalms 50, verses 14 and 15 in the Living Bible, which we don't have on the computer. And so I, 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 I told uh, Blake to put this on the NLT. It might be pretty close to it, but I'm going to be reading it out of my living Bible. But the Lord's been talking to me about getting back to basics lately. And so for myself, I've been in a refresher season, going back to my roots in spiritual things, things I learned when I was young and I've walked in. But, uh, you know, we go through seasons sometimes where we kind of get a little bit dry on some things. And so I want to share with you some of what Jesus has been taking me back through again in my private time. I'm starting to fill up a journal now, writing down a lot of things that he's taught me. But I want to read this out of Psalms 50, verses 14 and 15 of the Living Bible. It says this, What I want from you is your true thanks. I want your promises fulfilled. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. And those verses right there are talking about praising him, thanking him, being grateful. And I know back the first time when the Lord gave me that psalm, matter of fact, I got my original Bible. I had a little living Bible that I used back then. I've got, I pulled it back out, and I've been using it. It's falling apart. And I got it taped up. But back in 1982, Mrs. Pastor and I were going through some times, man, we need to see God move, and it wasn't happening anytime fast. We wanted, we, crisis, we wanted to see things happen. He gave me that. And I gave it to her. And so we began to do what he said. He said, I want your true things. You know, not just a robot. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, glory to God, praise the Lord. I mean, I live that way. But there comes times when things, when you're in trouble, you need, you need to dig into what's in there. 
And you need not just be praying in your car. Amen. Not just praying in your car. Not just when you get a few minutes, you maybe maybe go maybe go and uh, sit in the pot and sit there for a while and, and do a little praising and praying while you're there. You need to be able to take some time and start really, Jesus, thank you for my eternal salvation. Jesus, thank you that I know there's a Lamb's Book of Life because the Bible says so. And Lord, I want to thank you for that time when the devil tried to take out my whole family and you didn't let him. I want to thank you, Lord, that time my child had such and such and you raised him up. I want to thank you, Lord, when it looked like it was all over because such and such happened, but you rescued me, Jesus. I want to truly thank you for that. And that's what I'm talking about, getting into that, not just singing a, a song that, uh, you know, is good to sing, but he wants to hear your heart. And so anyway, over the years, there have been a lot of times over the years, I pulled that little Bible out, went to these verses right here, and I said, Lord, you know I'm not faking it, this is real. I'm talking to you from my heart right now. I'm sincere. I want to thank you for what you've done and naming things and do things. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about a lifestyle of praise is a lifestyle of victory. A lifestyle. Talk about a lifestyle. There's so many things that Christians do while at the same time they might be checking three or four different things on their cell phone at the same time. And so the last several days, last several days, I got back to basics. My cell phone gets turned off at nighttime before bedtime. And my cell phone in the morning time does not get turned on until I'm done with my Jesus time. Amen. Why? Why do I have to work at, look at the weather app at 7 o'clock in the morning but I can be looking at my Bible? Why should I have to be checking some little stupid news thing to find out the same stupid things as I said yesterday all day long? And then I could even, probably if I could backtrack and go back two years, be saying the same things two years ago about the same people, the same things. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so why should I let a stupid little smartphone, yeah, smart Ellie, stupid little smartphone come into my prayer closet and stop me from getting the victory that Jesus has for me? And so I'm saying back to basics, there's some things we have to do sometimes. Of what we learned is, I hope you learned as baby Christians. If you go to this church, I hope you learned it. There's a place that Jesus called your prayer closet. He said, go to your prayer closet and close your door where your father sees you in secret. And when your father sees you in secret, he'll he rewards you openly for what takes place in that prayer closet. Amen. And so this is where I talk about getting back to basics. And so then a little further down that same psalm, in verse 23, he says this, but true praise, and what, are we, what, we, what we call this, what we just did before we come up here to teach, this is called praise and worship. It's called praise and worship. But true praise is a worthy sacrifice. He said, this really honors me. Now look at this next part here of this verse. Those, those who walk in my paths, path of praising will receive salvation from the Lord. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And in those steps is ordained praise. And so he says, those who walk in my paths will receive salvation from the Lord. And so the things that Jesus says in these verses, and this is my notes for me, but I'll share them with you. The things he says I receive personally as him talking to me. 
And I don't know, I don't know everybody because I don't go home with you. But I know for me, I, I was telling, I was telling Mrs. Pastor somebody a while ago, I said, I didn't find out Jesus was real until 1980. I was 28 years old. When I found out Jesus was real, and it's still true today, every time I open my Bible when I read, I'm not reading words he's saying to the whole world. I'm reading words he's saying to my heart. When I see that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, I see that God loved Bernie Samples that he gave Jesus. When I see lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, I see two things. Number one, I see that I'm a believer and I have hands. And so Jesus is talking to me. I can lay hands on the sick and they recover. And then number two, I see that if I'm the sick, Hands can be laid on me and I can recover. That's Jesus talking to me personally. And so when I see that Jesus says that to praise him is a sacrifice that he loves, then I'm going to praise him, not because he says to, because I want to. And then in my heart, I know Jesus is telling me, if you walk in my paths, you'll receive salvation of the Lord. And so say this, say, say, I receive personally the words of God in the Bible. Amen. Amen. And so I receive these not only in church, but in my everyday personal life all the time. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be a praiser. And uh, what, I've, what I've always done, I can't get too far off course here because I've got to get to the end of this sermon. But what, what I've always done, I learned a long time ago. A long time ago, I learned that when contrary circumstances or what I don't want hits my life, Instead of speaking that out and whining about it, I replace it with what the Bible says. I feel a headache tried to hit me. I said, I want to thank you, Lord. Matthew 8, 17, you took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. I want to thank you, Jesus. Sore throat tried to get on me. I want to thank you. You said, lay hands sick, they shall recover. I don't ignore what is, but I hit it with faith from the word. I receive it personally that Jesus told me he took my infirmities. And so why am I going to stand around whining about an attack of the devil when I can turn that around and praise Jesus thanking him for what he's doing. Amen. I've learned that. And, and I've, learned, I've learned that when thoughts come, you need to speak out what Jesus says and be grateful for what he's doing. Amen. I, I just think of so many different examples I can give you, but the thing is, you've got to start learning to replace complaining and murmuring about what's going on with thanking Jesus for what he's doing. You know, that song we sing here all the time, I don't know all the words because, like I said, I'm not the big, I sing in church, I worship in church, but I'm most of the time my own little world, nobody else in but me and Jesus. But all that song, I can't see it, but he's working, and, you know, the miracle working, wonder working, all those words there. That's not just a song for church. That's something you ought to be saying from your heart in your own words all day long. When you get those bad reports, health things, family things, job things, country things, I mean, man, you're not going to find any good news out there anywhere. There's only one good news that's in your Bible. But you need to start replacing all those negative things that, Lord, I want to thank you. I can't see it, but you're working. We do this faith confession over Barstow, faith, faith confession over finances, faith confession over our United States government. We need to start thanking him what he's doing. We don't ignore what's going on because faith doesn't ignore things. Faith changes things. But faith has a voice. Amen. That's a grateful voice. And so anyway, I receive it personally. And so it, it, with this verse here, I, I, I wrote some things. Now I just got to read them because I think they're so good. 
We need to hear them and put them into practice. When you exercise yourself to shift, now listen to this. This is going to be something that's going to slap some of you upside the head. Amen. Slap some sense into you. I, I, I'm just, I'm not, that's just, I'm just serious as I can be about that. Listen to this. When you exercise yourself to shift from praying the prayer petition all the time, you know what the prayer petition is? A simple uh, New Living Translation definition happened to be the prayer of Jimmy, the Jimmy prayer. You know what the prayer of Jimmy is? My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. You, now listen, I want you to stop and just keep a straight face. Don't look around. Nobody know you're being talked to. But just stop and analyze your prayer life and see if your prayer life isn't probably 90%. Do this, do this, do this, do that. Father, give me this, give me that. Do this, do this, do that. Bless this, bless who? And just all the time asking, blessing, and telling him what you want. And so if, you, if you'll do a shift, and you do pray the prayer petition because it's scriptural, I think praise is a whole lot more in the Bible than that prayer. If you'll shift into the prayer of praise at Thanksgiving, you'll see results. Well, I knew it happened, man. I, saw, I see the eyes twirling in the heads. You mean I can't pray anymore? No, just adjust your praying. Keep on asking him. Philippians 4, 6 said, Be careful for nothing but everything by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. He said, Praise and thanksgiving pleases him. So, and so anyway, uh, just kind of do some adjusting and start, start judging yourself. You know, is all I'm ever doing is asking and never thinking? He said, I want your true thanks. I do want your promises fulfilled. He said, I want to rescue you in your times of trouble. But he said, I love, he said, the sacrifice of praise. He said that. And so anyway, shift to praising and thanking him for all he's done in your life and all he's doing now. All he's doing now. And what do I mean by that? If you pray, and he told us when we pray according to his will and the word of God, the word of God is the will of God. Philippians 419, he says, My God shall supply all of your needs. And so if you're praying for a need to be met, when you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need to have the money for this car payment by the end of next week. Why are you going to keep on doing the begging prayer and asking him all the time, Oh Lord, please give it to me? When you've done it, why don't you make the shift? Father, I ask you according to your will, you supply my needs. I ask you for that money. And every time you think about asking again, don't ask again. Say, Father, I want to thank you. You heard me. I want to thank you right now. You're doing whatever you want to do to get it to me. I don't care how you get it to me because you told me in the Bible that you supply that need. And I want to thank you for it. He said, I want your true thanks. Make a shift. Start being a thankful person. Beggars don't get much if you ever noticed. Amen. Grateful people get the blessing. I just really hope this is taken off. He said, he said, you will receive my salvation. Now I'm going to tell you some things right here that uh, I try not to be deep. I try to be simple to help people really see what the Bible said. And so he said, you receive my salvation. And most people think that salvation means born again. That's the first part of salvation. That's the most important part of salvation. You must be born again. But salvation for New Testament believers starts off with receiving eternal life in your born again spirit. That's the start. That's the first part of salvation. But it includes much more. 
now in this lifetime. That's for eternal life. But in this lifetime, it comes from a word soteria. That's a Greek word, S-O-T-E-R-I-A, and I'm not going deep. But I want to make sure that as a Bible teacher, I explain to you what's there so you can grab a hold of it. Because we're going to look at an in-depth lesson this night how this works. And soteria means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, soundness, and health. He said, you'll walk, he said, you'll walk in the paths of my salvation. Will you become a praiser? When you become thankful and grateful, these things will come into your life. You'll be delivered. You'll be healed. You'll be protected. Your needs will be met abundantly. And so in other words, salvation means the blessing of God on your life. And that word blessing comes from another word, which simply means empowered to prosper. Empowered to prosper. And prosperity is much more than money. It includes money. But if you've got all the money in the world and your marriage is breaking up and you're losing your kids, you can have all the money, but you're not prosperous. Amen. Amen. You can have all the money in the world, have a good family. you got a terminal diagnosis and there's no way to get out of that. Well, you're not prosperous physically. Can you see what I'm saying? So in other words, you don't measure prosperity by how much you got in the bank. You measure prosperity by your lifestyle. Empowered to prosper. And he's talking about that's what it is for a person that is a thankful person, a grateful person. He said, you walk in my paths. And so prosperity, I'd say prosperity, now listen to this. I, my time at the Lord this morning, he just, he just about wrote a book for this sermon here tonight. So I'm just telling you things that I've walked in for the last 44 years that I've learned and I've grown in. Prosperity that God's talking about is his blessing. Now, you probably want to write this down, at least come back and look at it later. Prosperity is the blessing of God in your life, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, and socially. Amen. A person can have all the money in the world, all the health, and everything you'd ever want to do, but if he's spiritually dead because he's not saved, he's not prosperous. So the first prosperity starts in prosperity of your spirit. Receive God's eternal life and you're a spiritually prosperous person. But I said spiritually, mentally. You can be a very, very, very strong Christian in your heart, but if you got head problems, you're not prosperous mentally. It's nice to be able to take what you've got in your heart and process it up here and speak it out of your mouth and use it in your life. Amen. Physically, it's nice to be able not only to be able to preach the gospel, but to be able to have the body and the faculties to be able to take it somewhere and do something with it. And then not only that, it's nice to be able to have the spiritual, mental, and physical. It's nice to have the money to have a car that runs. Have money to pay for gas and insurance. And then if you have to go far, it's really nice to be able not to have the spirit of fear and have the money to get an airplane ticket. Hey, man, you see what I'm saying? And then the last part of that I said was socially. It's nice to be able to have a family that's intact. It's nice to have a church family, a spiritual family that loves you and you love them. It's nice to have good Christian friends because when there's things going on, you're being attacked. It's so wonderful to dwell together in unity with the brethren and have people you can go to. And even if you were the one that was at fault that caused your own problems, 
It's nice to have people, the love of God, to tell you, well, you blew that, but it's not over with. We've all missed it. And so I'm not going to throw stones at you, but I'll tell you what, we're going to gather around you. We're going to help you, but we're going to speak the truth in love. You've got to change the things in your life. Amen. You said I've said the prosperity, the blessing of God that he has for us and this salvation is so much more. They said, I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. Well, Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants you to have some heaven on earth. Amen. How am I doing, Dave? Amen. So, so we're, we're helping people. And so I want to look at a story in Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 19. I want to look at this story here of a man that got a hold of the blessing of being a grateful and thankful and from his heart expressing himself to Jesus. And Luke 17, verse 11 through 19, I'll give you just a little bit to get there. And what this is, this is the story of 10 men that were lepers. I think everybody knows what a leper is. Lepers are people, yeah, they still have them today, but not nearly like it used to be, have a skin disease. And the skin disease doesn't just eat their skin, but eats through their bones even. And they lose fingers, toes, noses, ears. Their bo- in other words, their bo- the body's being destroyed by the devil, and they're losing parts. And uh, it's like a lot of other diseases in the natural world. There's some things that medical science can't do, but there's nothing impossible for Jesus. Jesus is the one that makes parts, made the original parts. He knows how to put on new parts. Jesus is the one that made eyeballs, hearts, lungs, livers. Anything you need, Jesus has replacement parts. Amen. He's the original manufacturer. And so anyway, with these lepers right here, I'm going to look, just kind of go through some things. But verse 11 it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered into a certain village, he met him ten men that were lepers who stood afar off. I'm going kind of fast through this first part because I want to see there were ten people that had leprosy. And sometimes in a Christian church, you'll have ten people have the same problem. Or the same Christian family, you'll have ten people that have the same problem. Well, there's one thing to have the problem. It's another thing that who gets the answers. And so... They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now back into the Old Testament, the priests were kind of like doctors or something. You had to go to them if something happened so they could look at you before you come into the camp because if you had a contagious disease, you couldn't mix with the people. And so they, when they got close... If they were lepers, they were supposed to go and say, unclean, unclean, so they could get around people, but not close to people because they could be contagious. And so then the priest then, he said, present yourself to the priest. You go to the priest, the priest would examine them. And if their, their sores were dried up and things were stopped, he could tell if leprosy had been cured and they could be around people again. And so it says the leprosy was cleansed. Now listen, you're going to see something here. That meant the disease stopped. Whatever fingers were gone are still gone. If they missed a part of the nose, it was still gone. If the ear was ate up, it was still ate up. Cleanse that. In other words, he said, you're healed. It stopped. It says they were cleansed. And one of them, so in other words, 10%, 10% of that church, if you will, 10% of them, one out of the 10, when he saw that he was healed, 
he turned back and listened to this. We're talking about the thanksgiving, the praise, the glorifying God. He was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God. And then when he fell down on his face, on, on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Remember Psalms 50, what I want is your true thanks. I want your true thanks. He says, uh, giving him thanks, he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, said, were there not ten that were uh, cleansed, where are the nine? There are not found that received to give glory to God except this stranger. said, one out of the ten stopped to give glory to God. One out of the ten stopped to give glory to God. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith. Now listen to this. There's a word here you need to see. He said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now that came from a Hebrew word that means nothing broken, nothing missing. Nothing missing. And so the others, the disease stopped. He got his parts back. And notice that Jesus said, he said, your faith hath made you whole. What was his faith? He stopped and took the time. He said, Jesus, thank you that the leprosy stopped. Thank you, Jesus, that disease is gone. All the time up here at the altar when I pray for people come up, before they walk away, I'll have them stop. I said, oh, wait a minute. I just prayed for you, and Jesus just did something for you. Before you leave, you stop and thank Jesus what he did, then go back to your seat. Amen. I want to tell you, we're not the fix-it club. You know, you're not bringing your TV in here for a repair and paying your bill and walking out. This is a place where Jesus is. And when Jesus does something, he doesn't want your money. He said, I want your true thanks. He said, I want your promises fulfilled. He said, I want you to trust me in times of trouble. Why? So I can rescue you. You know what? It would be nice not to have leprosy, but it would also be nice not to have to wear a covering because your nose was gone. It would be nice to be able to, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear, say, well, Jesus, I'd like to have both ears. He said, you got them now, you're whole. And so just think about your lives. How many times have you been through things where the problem stopped, but the damage was still done? Amen. Well, that, that's what happened here. But now I want to take you into the realm of the Spirit in the Word of God to show you how it happened and why it happened. And so we're going to see what happens in the realm of the Spirit when we praise. And so for time's sake, I'm kind of going to maybe move fast. I hope not too fast. You can see it again. But I want you to look at Matthew 21, 16. And I just know that for, for myself, I've always liked to go behind the scenes and see when the Word teaches us what happens in the realm of the Spirit. How, how many like to know what happens and what made it happen? You know, I think about in Psalms 103, talks about Moses, says Israel, now listen to this, says Israel got to see the actions of God, and then says Moses got to see what caused the actions. Amen. I think about computers. Uh, I'm still not much on them, and like I said, I do smart aleck phones, but that's about it. But my son Josh, he builds computers. 
Pastor Josh is a computer builder. I mean, that's what he does for a living and all that kind of stuff. He's a computer guy. And so I know about the buttons on computers and things like that. He knows what's behind the buttons. He knows what's behind there, what does it. He knows how to diagnose them. This is a problem. He knows what to do to fix it. And that's what I'm looking at right now, showing you what happens, why praise is much more than just a word. That's not just something we do in church. Why that one leper out of 10, one leper not only got healed, but he got replaced. Replacement parts. And so in Psalms, in, in Matthew 21, verse 16, it says, and this is Jesus talking, said, said unto him, Hearest thou what they say, what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read? And if you look at the center, center column, he's getting ready to quote from Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. This is important because it's going to show you what goes on in the realm of the Spirit through praising. And so he says, Have you never read? So he's getting ready to quote the Old Testament, Psalms 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. And that center column says, for those babes and sucklings, that means nursing infants. He says, thou, ha thou hast perfected praise. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about praise. We're talking about praise, talking about perfected praise. And so Jesus is quoting from there. And so what he's saying then, what I see is this, we should be innocent as babes and be grateful with our praise. Remember the time Jesus said, be like little children? He said, you must be like little children if you want to receive the kingdom of God. So he said, we got to go back to basics. We got to be, I don't, well, maybe everybody wasn't like me. But when I got born again, man, my, my, my main thing all the time was, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't know anything else. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what he said. He said, he said that I was perfected this, this praise like little babes, little babies. You know, it says nursing infants. So I think about a little baby and a mom, a nursing baby. Those little babies are so grateful that mom has what it takes to meet that need. They're so grateful that they're being taken care of. And we ought to be like that. Jesus said, have you never read? We're going to look at Psalms 8 too, and you're going to see some things there. But Jesus said, we need to be as innocent as those babes and just be thankful. And something I just say for people I've never been like this, what I'm going to say, but most Christians I know that have problems received from God have this problem. They try to figure out how he's going to do it. I never stop figuring out how he's going to do it. I just know that he said, if you lay hands on him, he heals him, he heals him. I don't care how he does it. I just know that he said, you bring the tithe into the storehouse, I rebuke the devourer, the windows have opened. I don't care how he does it. He said he does it, so I do my part. You understand what I'm saying? Babies don't question things. They say, Mom, you got the parts, you got the juice, I got the mouth. They don't say, well, did you get one of those wipe things and cleanse it first? <laughs> Mom, you haven't been drinking alcohol today, have you? No, I've been very, very real, very, very serious. The baby is just innocent. They say, you're mom, I'm baby, God said you feed me. Here I come. Jesus said, I'm Jesus. I love you. I'm your Lord. I want your true thanks. I said I'll do it, so I will. You just be grateful. And so he said right there, uh, out of the mouth of babes and suckers, now look at this. 
They're perfected praise. And so keep that phrase in mind, perfected praise, quoting from Psalms 8-2, but remember uh, from where he's coming from in the Psalms. Now look at Psalms 8-2. And the Lord's had me living in Psalms chapter 8 for the last couple weeks. And that's, well, that's where this whole thing was birthed from, really, from Psalms 8-2. As in Psalms 8-2, Jesus said, perfected praise, but look how it's worded in Psalms 8-2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, that's what Jesus says, has thou ordained strength. Well, Jesus called strength praise. And so he's interchanging the word praise and strength. Jesus, quoting Psalms 8, 2, says perfected praise is actually supernatural strength from God. As thou ordained strength, and why is that? Because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still or silence the enemy and the avenger. I hope you're taking notes and writing this down, because some of you right now are under severe attack of the enemy. It errs your life in your mind mentally. I've never seen so many mental problems I have in the time we live in. So many people right now are mentally pressed up, messed up, depressed, can't form a thought, can't figure out where they're at or what they're doing or what's going on. And so I call that an enemy. So there's supernatural spiritual strength from the Holy Ghost when we give praise and glory to God. Jesus calls it perfected praise, but then he's quoting from strength from God. And so we need to silence the devil as the tax on our lives. And I can tell you right now, praying about it and praying about it and praying about it, obviously, if that was getting the, the job done, some of you would be in a lot better shape than you are. You've got to shift from all the praying and asking and begging, start getting into some thinking. You've got to thank him for what he's done. You've got to thank him for what he's doing. You got to thank him for what he's going to do. You got to thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Jesus says that's perfected praise, and then he says it's strength, and it says it silences the devil. Amen. Amen. It silences the devil. And so uh, I want you to look over chapter 9, verse 3. And we're, we're coming in the home stretch now, but I wanted to get these verses out here. And I really hope that you go back and watch this again, that you look at your notes. And for me, I've kept a journal pretty much all my Christian life. I write these things down, and I pretty much preach it on my journal right now for the last two weeks. And so I write these things down, and then when I'm in a flow like I'm in right now, season where he's got me being refreshed again with these same things, I go back every morning, and like I said, I, I don't even turn my stupid phone on until I'm done. I'm not going to let some dumb, stupid phone still my things from Jesus. And so I go back, I write these verses out in my, in my journal. I write them out with red ink. I put yellow to them. And I go back to them again. And every morning I go back to them, I see more what I didn't see yesterday. It just keeps going up more and more. I love the victory. I've not been under Satan's feet, but he's been under my feet where he belongs. Okay. Chapter 9, verse 3. And then he says, when my enemies are turned back, look at this, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. How many want the enemy to shut up, be silent, and fall and be out of your house? Out of your head? 
out of your bank account, away from your job, out of your health, off your kids, off your grandkids, out of your life. Amen. He says they'll fall and perish at, at, at thy presence. And so a question now, well, well, number one, who are your enemies? And that would be John 10, 10, everything that steals, kills, and destroys. Jesus said he came for you to have a joy of life. It abundance to the full till it overflows. If there's an area of your life you're not having and enjoying right now, somewhere the devil got in there, you might have let him in. Or maybe out of ignorance he came in, you don't know what to do about it. Well, that's why we're preaching this. You'll know what to do about it now. And so uh, your, your enemy is, is addictions. And you know what? I dare to say that a lot of you don't have alcohol, nicotine, drug addictions, but you got cell phone addictions. You got Facebook addictions. Hey, man, you got Instagram addictions or whatever else there is. Something, something you're addicted to and you can't start your day or get very far into your day without feeding that addiction. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so your enemies are addiction, sickness, mental problems, depression, poverty, lack. Those are things that are the enemy. They're not from God because they still kill and destroy. And so anyway, it says they fall and perish at his presence. And so we're going to see how to bring the presence of God on the scene. One more verse. One more verse. Have you got your shouting clothes on? Amen. Anybody ready? Anybody ready to give God some real praise now? Okay, look at Psalms 22, verse 3. I love the Word of God. Woo, glory to God. Man, I'm getting excited all over again. See this verse. How do you bring the presence of God on the scene? Psalms 22, verse 3. For thou art holy, O thou, that inhabits the praises. He inhabits the praises of Israel. That's God's people then. We're God's people now. We are God's spiritual Jews. Amen. We're, we may not be physically born as a Jew, but the Bible tells us in many places we are born again Jews as New Testament Christians. He says that he inhabits the praises of Israel. And so when you live a lifestyle of praise, you'll continually be in the presence of God. In the presence of God, Addictions leave, depression leaves, sickness leaves, families are put back together, financial needs are met, there's joy, there's peace, there's victory, you win in the presence of God, amen, amen. And so I want to say where I started off in this, God said that he wants us to praise him so he can rescue us and give his glory, and I took him behind the scenes, you saw what happens. When we begin to praise, it says the enemy's silenced. You know why? Satan doesn't like to be around somewhere, but all he hears is, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. He thinks, man, what am I doing here? I'm in the wrong house. Amen. Amen. And then, because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you carry that house with you everywhere you go, it says he inhabits the praises. So if you carry those praises, and let's just put it this way, don't be silent. Amen. On your job, you don't have to be a nut. At Walmart, you don't have to be a nut. But you know what? You can whisper those praises as you go through Walmart. 
And I don't know, Mrs. Pastor, too many times has seen me get in trouble because my whispers aren't too much whispers, and <laughs> people do think I'm a nut. But, but I'm a blessed nut. And so I don't go around to purposely put on a show, but sometimes I talk louder than I think I am. But the thing is, I like being healed. I like being able to think clearly. I like my family to love being around me because we have a good presence of God in our family and in our house. I love all those things. And so practice the praises of God, and you're going to see greater victories in your life. Amen, amen, amen. Let's stand up. Amen. And, you know, as, as, as a man of God, I, I tell people when we're having private conversations, talking all the time, that our greatest joy as spiritual leaders is when we get losers come into our church and we turn them into winners. We've got so many people here, Dot, I'm looking around that at one point in time, a lot of you were depressed, messed up, family problems, money problems, addictions. You're not that way anymore. And so praise God, that's our joy. So get a hold, get a hold of what God had me teach tonight and start shifting into being a person that's thankful and grateful and praising. And we're going to be hearing testimonies. You're going to tell us how your life changed. Amen. Pastor Dave? Oh, you don't have a mic? Okay. Well, uh, it's prayer time, but I just think about it. You know, after what we, after, after, after what we preached, we can pray for you now. And what I like about this, when we have these altar lights, and to me, I see lots of different purposes of altar lights, but number one, altar lights for people that need help. And the more you come and sit under something like this, the less you need help to where you're a helper. But sometimes we all need help, no matter how strong we are, we need somebody to help get the devil off our back. So never, ever, ever, ever be shy or bashful of getting help. But just remember what I said, when you leave this altar, and we've prayed, don't, before you get to the door, start confessing that problem back on you again. If we knocked it off, you got to keep it off. Use us the words out of your mouth. Amen. So anything you need, come up here. We'll be glad to pray for you. But be thankful to Jesus like that leper was and be made whole. All my life you have. Surrendered now, I give you everything. 
goodness is running after, it's running after me.
receive from the word of God this evening. Hallelujah. Amen. It's awesome to come in on Wednesday nights and get that pick up right in the middle of the week and get you through the next few days. Amen. God is good. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer this evening, and then we'll do our Barstow faith confession, and then you can be dismissed. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the word that has been sown tonight, Lord. And we know that we are called to praise you, Lord, and praise it. It breaks chains. It brings down the walls, Lord. And we're so grateful that, uh, that, that you have given us, Lord, a voice to praise with, Lord, hands to raise. You are so, so good to us. And, Lord, I pray that uh, throughout the rest of this week that we would be the light of the world everywhere we go. We love you. And we thank you and praise you tonight. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? Amen. All right, let's do our Barstow faith confession. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great night, everybody. I love you, Lord.